0: Well, good morning everybody. Welcome to H2O. Really excited uh, to get the opportunity to share with you this morning. Like Brian said, my name is Kent. Uh, I'm the worship director here with the church, but every so often I get to kind of lead worship in a different way. And so I'm hoping that that that's what today will be, just really me getting up here and worshiping by sharing God's word with you. Um, So I'm really excited to be doing this with you. Uh, If you've been here with us, you know that we're in the middle of this series that we're calling Upside Down. Um, and if you're like me and you're a fan of the show Stranger Things, you were really disappointed in finding out this has nothing to do with that show. So sorry if you're in that camp. If you're here and you have no idea what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. We're just, we're just glad to be together this morning. Um, so with this series, really what it's, what it's all about um, is this idea that that 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ walked this earth, left footprints here in the dirt, and, and while he was here, he really just said and did some things that were just completely countercultural, Just completely upside down, right? He said, said things like, blessed are, are the poor in spirit. He said, he said love your enemies. He said something, something interesting, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Like, what does that mean? He said all this stuff that when people heard it, they were just like, what is that about? It's just so upside down. But for those who would walk with him for long enough and kind of trust him, eventually they would begin to see what he meant, and, and eventually their very lives would begin to flip upside down, or maybe even even better said, right side up. Um, so, so our hope with this series is that that same thing really would, would be happening to all of us uh, today, that as we really just walk with Jesus and, and look at his works and, and words, that, man, we would begin to see things in just sort of this upside down um, kind of way. So, um, so, yeah, I'm really excited to, to be sharing with you this morning. So today what I want to talk about is is really just this, this belief in our culture today. Really, it's, I don't know, I guess I would, I would call it a belief. It's this idea that today, the target that we should all be aiming at, like the goal to our lives, is just this idea of being like a really good person right, that, 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 man, the point of my life today, the point of your life is to kind of get our stuff together and make sure that, that our lives look really good and make sure that, that we are good people. Um, and I want to talk about that, right, because we live in this culture where, honestly, we talk about being a good person and stuff, and really, everyone kind of considers themselves like good people, right? Like, if I, were to, if I were to leave here right now, if I was to walk out the aisle, if I was to go and just walk around Bowling Green, pull a bunch of people aside, and say, okay, let's assume for a second that, that, heaven is real, right, right, are, are you, would you say that you are headed there and why or why not, right, and I guarantee you, like, the majority of those people that I would ask that question would say, yes, I believe I'm headed there, and the reason is because I think I'm a pretty good person, right, like, that's just something that, that we hear all the time, but what's interesting is that when you dig into that question, when you dig underneath that a little bit, a little bit more, what you find is that, uh, man, everybody sort of has a different idea of, of what a good person looks like right? If I were to ask you, uh, you know, what does it mean to be a good person? If I was to walk out on the street and ask someone else, what does it look like to be a good person? Man, you might get completely different answers. And so as we're all pursuing this, this thing about, um, man, let's, let's, let's just be good people, you just get this conflict, right? You get, you get Facebook battles, you get Instagram battles, whatever the social media platform you use, like you get people just arguing about, what does it mean to be a good person? And today, what I want to do with all of us is I just want to take that sort of belief, take that, that view, and just bring it to the Bible. And, and I think what's going to happen is it's, we're just going to look at that idea, and it's going to get completely flipped on its head. And Jesus is going to bring us something different. And I think it's just going to be so much better than this idea of, of us just trying to be good people. Um, so here's, here's the big idea today. If you're, if you're here and you're taking notes, you can write this down. If you don't kind of remember anything else I say... Uh, this whole day. Remember this: the big idea is that, that Jesus did not come to call good people. Jesus didn't come to call good people. And some of you guys are like, "Man, who is this kid preaching today? What the heck is what the heck is he talking about?" Um, yeah, Jesus didn't come to call good people. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about that today. So if you would go ahead, uh, if you want to follow along, you can pull out your Bibles right now. There should be Bibles in the seats in front of you. Um, the verses I'll be reading will also be on the screens behind me, so you can follow along that way. But um, if you would meet me in Luke chapter 5, I'm going to be reading verses 27 to 32. So Luke chapter 5, I'm going to be reading verses 27 to 32. Um, and while you're turning there, just a little context. So, so what we're going to read, it's called The Calling of Levi. Uh, this, this passage is found also in, in Matthew. It's found in Mark and in Luke. Um, and what's interesting is, is so what we're going to jump in on is Jesus has already begun his ministry, right? And he's, he's just finished healing a paralyzed man. In every account that you read of this story, Jesus has just finished healing a paralyzed man. And we're going to pick up right after that, just a day in the life of Jesus. He goes from one thing to the next. So here we go. Verse 27 says this. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his house. And there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at table with him. And the Pharisees and scribes grumbled at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance." And there you have it. That's a, uh, a pretty famous passage. Maybe you've heard it before, that last verse in particular, I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And uh, really what I want to do today is I want to take that last verse that I just read to you and I want to break it down into a few different, different sections. So if you're here and, and you're taking notes, um, I'm going to give us three points today. So you, you can write this first one down. First point for us today is that Jesus did not come to call the righteous. Jesus didn't come to call the righteous. And, and what I want to do in this section is I want to focus on those, those Pharisees and scribes. And, and so if you've read your Bible, if you know anything about the Pharisees and scribes, you know that these were the religious leaders of the day, right? So they did all this good stuff, right? They were known for, for obeying the law. They were, they were faithful in their marriages. They were, they were um, just like steadfast in, in going to the temple, uh, they were, they're really generous. I didn't know this, I actually, actually found this out, that they tithed their money, but in addition to tithing their money, they would actually give, like, their spices, like their actual spices. Could you imagine if, if after church, right, when we say, hey, there's, there's two ways to give, you can give on the app, you can give in the giving boxes, Then we also have these boxes in the back, you can put your spices there, just go ahead and sprinkle them on your way out. Like, this is what was going on, the, 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 the uh, religious leaders this time, they were just super hardcore, Right, and they were doing this stuff. Like they were doing all this good stuff. Right, it's good to be generous. We want to be generous, um, but here it's really interesting. Jesus says, "I did not come to call them." He didn't come to call them. Right. So how how upside down is that? Um, so I want to look at that. And the first point I want to make is is man that Jesus, as you might know, he's not against righteousness. Right. He's not against goodness. He doesn't mean uh, he's against people who are like kind of just trying to be moral right? And so, so check out this verse really quick, Matt 6, It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek it first, right? So Jesus isn't against righteousness, but what I, want to, what I want us to notice about that verse is that he doesn't say, seek first your kingdom, right? He doesn't say, seek first your righteousness. He says, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. And this is just not if you know anything about the Pharisees, this is just not what they were about, right? They, they were all about making themselves look good. It was all about getting the spotlight on them. It was about the kingdom, but not the king, right? It was about their glory, not about, about the glory of God. You know, they would give, but only like so other people would see, right? Only so that they could compare themselves to others. You know, they'd, they'd pray, which is, which is really good, right? We should all pray. But, but man, they would do it in just this loud kind of way, just like, look at how spiritual I am. You know, look at how good at praying I am. That this was the Pharisees. You know, they did all this stuff just to make themselves look better than other people. And Jesus just saw right through it. He just looked at them and saw right through it, man. And he spoke more harshly to them than he did to like the worst sinners of the time. Check this out. Jesus said this to the Pharisees later on. He said, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You were like whitewashed tombs Which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to be people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Man, Jesus was so harsh to the to the Pharisees. And I think the reason why he was so harsh to them is because these were the people that were supposed to make righteousness look good. Right? These were the people that were supposed to make the kingdom of God look like the kingdom of God, right? But they weren't. They were making it look bad. And this stuff, as you may know, still exists today. Right? That, that that for some people, if you're in the room and you're someone who wouldn't consider yourself a follower of Jesus, you wouldn't consider yourself a Christian. Man, maybe this is one of the reasons why you've resisted becoming a Christian, because you've just looked at the lives of people and you just feel like, man, I don't want to be self-righteous. That, man, it just seems like some of these, these Christians, man, they're, they're comparing their issues to mine, that their issues aren't a big deal, but mine is. Man, it's just not fair. It's self-righteous. We compare. So here's, here's a quick example. I want to tread lightly on, on this example, but there's a show out right now. It's called The Bachelor, and uh, maybe some of you watch it. Maybe some of you don't. If you don't, that's probably a good thing. Uh, basically, the concept of this show... And I've only seen bits and pieces, don't, don't judge here. Uh, if I had seen it all, that hey, I, I'm not going to say anything. But uh, the concept of the show is that there's this one guy, right, and he dates a whole bunch of girls at once, you know, and at the end he picks the one that he likes the best, gives her the rose or, or whatever, uh, <laughs> picks the girl that, that he likes the best, and, you know, sometimes, I, I guess they get married, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Right, surprise, surprise. When you date a girl like a a used car, like sometimes it's not going to work out. Um, But anyway, this show—it's just so popular today. So many people know about this show, The Bachelor. And I got to think the reason why it's so popular today is because people watch it and they think, "Man, at least I'm not that bad." (laughs) You know what I mean? Like people watch it, man. At least, like, at least I'm not like so and so. There was another show, not too long ago. I actually never watched, but it's called Jersey Shore. I don't know if it still exists. Um, Yeah, I got some fans. Um, It's, uh, yeah, I've heard like that show, it's the same thing. Like you watch it and you're just like, man, these people, it's just like kind of like the scum of the earth, you know what I mean? At least I'm not like them, you know what I mean? And uh, here's the thing. First of all, really do you really want to set the bar that low for yourself? You know what I mean? Like if you're comparing yourself to like Snooki or whatever her name is, I found out from somebody that that was one of the characters. Anyway, that is a really low bar to set for yourself, first of all. But, but here's my point, though. Like in the eyes of God, like comparing does no good. In terms of our relationship with, with God, almighty God, like the creator of, of everything, alpha and omega, like are you kidding me? You're going to come before him and compare your issues to someone else, even if, if it is a really, like, low bar? Are you kidding me? Isaiah 64, 6 says this. All of us have become like one who is unclean. And our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We've all become unclean, right? And so when we, we come before God and we try to, like, like show how we're better than someone else because of like some things, some like little things that we've done that are better than what they've done. God is, is so holy. That, that's like a dirty person picking up a dirty rag and trying to clean themselves off, right? It, it just, it doesn't work. Man, it's, it's you, you literally, you can't go to church enough. You can't like like enough things, enough of the right things on Facebook. You can't wear enough of like the right nice clothes. Um, man, if it's all about making yourself Look good, making yourself look better than other people, then God sees right through it. And quite honestly, so do the unchurched, the people who don't go to churches. Um, I love what Tim Keller says. Maybe you've heard this before. He says this: He says, Churches should feel more like the waiting room of a doctor and less like the waiting room of a job interview. In the latter, we try to look as competent and impressive as we can. Weaknesses are buried and hidden. But in the doctor's waiting room, we assume everyone there is sick and needs help. And this scene is much closer to the reality of what's going on in the church. Man, we just need to stop comparing our issues to other people. right? Like, and we need to like, bring that stuff to God. You know, and I'm talking about like our issues, right? Not just like, not just like our strengths. Not just bringing like this sort of religious, sort of good version of yourself. Like, could you imagine if you went to the doctor, you know, and the doctor walks in and he's like, "Yeah, wh- what can I do for you? What's wrong?" And then you just started telling him all the things that were like right with you, you know? Oh, I got 20/20 vision. I'm walking all right. No cough. He's gonna be like, "Why the heck am I here?" You know what I mean? Guys, from this passage, Jesus says, I have not come to heal the healthy, but the sick. From this passage, he gets the nickname, the great physician. Jesus is the great physician, right? He wants us to open up with him. He wants us to bring our real selves, our, our real stuff to him. Not some like more healthy version of ourselves. The real stuff. He wants us to, to bring that to him. And even beyond that, I would say, I've become convinced that, that, man, he's given us the relationships in our lives, like the people who are closest to us, uh, to allow us to, like, share some stuff so that we can help each other through some of our issues. Um, actually, I think back to, to when I was a high school student and I was in one of my, my first, like, romantic relationships and, and me and this girl were just not being smart. Like, we were struggling with, with physical boundaries and, man, I was just struggling with this and I was a Christian at the time and I just, I knew it was wrong. And so I'd come to God and I'd, I'd pray ask for forgiveness but then I'd go right back again and I'd I'd struggle some more you know and this just kept going and then one day I just felt like God was like speaking to my heart like and this is this is really weird I wouldn't recommend this to everyone but I just felt like God was telling me hey you need to tell your parents about this like you need to tell your parents that that this is going on and I was like nope I'm not gonna do that (laughs) like that's the worst idea ever God like what you need to tell your parents um and so I didn't, you know, because I was always kind of like the golden boy in their eyes, you know. And I kind of always just wanted them to see me as, like, better than everybody else. Like, yeah, all the other kids are struggling with that, mom and dad, but I'm not struggling with that stuff. I'm, I'm like the good kid. Um, so I didn't tell them, like, for a long time. And then one day I came to a church service, and the pastor spoke about my specific issue. And then he goes, man, if you're young and you're struggling with this, I'd really encourage you to tell your parents. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And uh, so, yeah, I I did. I I left there. I still remember sitting in the backyard uh, under an umbrella with my my family and and telling them the things I was struggling with. And I don't think they wanted to hear it. (laughs) Um, Like, again, like, I wouldn't recommend that everybody does that, but I did it. And I'm telling you, when I did, it was just like this weight, like, lifted off of me. You know what I mean? Because all of a sudden, like, this, I just showed them, this is the real me. You know what I mean? I'm not, I don't, I'm not having to like prove that I'm better than everybody else. I just was open. This is the real me. <clears throat> and I think God just, he wants us to bring our stuff to him, right? He doesn't want us just to get caught up in, in comparing to whoever is worse. He doesn't want us to just bring some good version to him. He wants us to bring the real stuff. And beyond that, I think he wants us to share that with, uh, with the people we're in relationships with as well. Um, so that's the first point, that Jesus did not come to call the righteous. Um, so the second half of that verse, Jesus said, I did not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. So point number two is Jesus came to call the sinners. You can write that down. Jesus came to call sinners. And in this section, I actually want to focus on the tax collectors. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, uh, and tax collectors in this day, if you know anything uh, about, about the tax collectors then, you, just, you know that they were, they're pretty messed up. Right, that that in the Bible, when you read it, there were it says there were sinners and then there was tax collectors. Right, that they had a category of their own. There were sinners and then there were tax collectors. This is how bad they were, and uh, the reason why tax collectors were considered so bad is because at that time the Jewish nation of Palestine was under Roman governance, right? And so Rome had to take a tax from the Jews, and occasionally a Jewish person would go and decide to work for Rome. So you had Jews collecting a tax from their own Jewish brothers and sisters and giving it back to Rome. So these people were considered traitors, they were were considered, uh, you know, just unpatriotic. And then above and beyond that, these people uh, that, that were taking the tax were also allowed to charge a premium, like a surplus, above and beyond beyond the tax that they would give back to Rome. They were, they were allowed to charge an extra little bit that they could keep for themselves. So, right, so not only were they, they considered like traitors to their brothers and sisters, they were considered these people that were like thieves. That They were criminals that they were stealing from, from people. These people were, were not considered good people. And, and this was Levi. And, and we, we read about him here, and he's, he's probably an outcast in the community. He's probably lonely. He's probably just considered someone who's, who's beyond hope. And yet, again, super upside down, Jesus comes into this town, and there's all these, like, good people around, and he singles out that guy, right? Above everyone else, he singles out that guy and says, follow me. And then what's even, what's even crazier is that he didn't stop there, right? He, he actually went back with him to his house, and, and, and then all of a sudden there's this big feast and you find Jesus eating and drinking with them, literally associating with this person who is considered an outcast, super upside down. So what I want us to notice is that it didn't matter what Levi had done, it, it, it didn't disqualify him from the grace of, of Jesus. Didn't matter what he had done, he wasn't disqualified. And man, that is just good news for those of us today that, that just feel like outcasts right that if you're the type of person who you're in here today and you're like man there's the normal sinners and then there's me right there's a whole separate category for you man this is such good news for you this morning right it, because all of a sudden it's like well it doesn't matter like if if your particular sin feels like a worse sin than others or it doesn't matter if like the frequency of your sin if you've sinned like a lot like it, that doesn't matter right you are not disqualified from the grace of Jesus Christ. And, and man, I think that if we, if we forget that, it's just a sign that we don't read our Bibles enough, quite honestly. Like, think about that, right? Way back in the day, Moses, you know, literally, you've heard of Moses, right? Like, this guy committed murder before he was called by God, right? And then, and then after that, you've got David. Literally, he wrote many of the Psalms who's considered man after God's own heart. This guy committed uh, adultery and then murder, Right? And then you move further down, and you've got the Apostle Paul, right, persecuting Christians. You've just got example after example. Throughout the Bible, we see that God chooses the people with the worst backgrounds, the worst reputations to play the biggest roles in his story. Man, it doesn't matter what you've done, you're not disqualified from from the grace of, of Jesus Christ. Man, this is such good news. It's it's so upside down. And it's from this uh, this this idea, this passage that Jesus got another nickname, the, the friend of sinners. Friend of sinners. Maybe you've maybe you've heard that before. I just love that. You know what I mean? Jesus is is a friend of sinners. But I gotta be clear here because sometimes I think we hear that that Jesus is a friend of sinners and and we think that this means that somehow Jesus was like just okay with sin. Right, you you guys have seen like the Jesus is my homeboy shot glass, right, where Jesus is on the front and he's like, eh, right? He's like just kind of like winking at it like like, this is okay. That's not what it means. Right, think about this. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. So literally, our sin, left unchecked, literally leads to spiritual death. Man, if Jesus is just winking at that, if he's just like okay with that, that doesn't make him a friend at all, right? That makes him an enabler or something way worse than that. But we get confused, and and it's really easy to get confused. I think the reason that we do is just because of like the messages that our our culture kind of gives us. Um, I'm actually, I don't know if you can tell this, but I'm a bit of a nerd, and uh, I listened to this podcast. Uh, it's called This Cultural Moment. Um, actually, my friend Joe Gallagher showed it to me, so maybe he's the nerd, or maybe we're both nerds together. Some of you are like, "Yes, you're both nerds together." Um, but I was listening to it, and it talks about this idea that that in our culture today, we we tend to just like insulate people from any type of like negativity, any type of danger, any type of sadness, right? Like we try to like insulate and protect people from that. And so now we have this thing where like you know every kid on the soccer team gets a trophy, you know. Uh, let's not talk about anything negative, like no no red ink on the on the math test, you know, because that's kind of that's scary. Uh, I actually heard this. This is pretty crazy. The big bad wolf, like. Like, I heard this, that it used to be, like, the big bad wolf, like, ate the grandma at the end. You know what I mean? Uh, so, spoiler, sorry if you haven't read the big bad wolf. Um, <laughs> but now, it's, it's no longer, apparently now she gets, like, put in a closet, gently put in a closet. Uh, like, we just, we're insulating people from anything unhappy, right, anything dangerous. And here's the crazy part, like, Christianity, like, whether you agree with it or not, like, in the past, Christianity used to be viewed as, like, this moral thing, whether you agree with it or not, Christianity was, like, at least viewed as moral, but now it's completely shifted, and Christianity is no longer viewed to, by the majority of people as, as the moral religion, right? Because we talk about danger, we talk about this thing called sin, this, like, spiritual death that we need, need freed from, but, but now it's considered maybe, maybe unloving, right, or, or intolerant. It's just, it's this crazy thing. And I think what it is, is the heartbeat of our culture right now is that deep down, everyone good. You know, like deep down everyone is is like perfect the way they are. You know, you don't really have issues like let's not let's not talk about that. It's all over our culture, right? You hear John Legend singing about perfect imperfections. It's a good song anyway. Um imagine dragons, I'm never changing who I am, you know, the greatest showman's got the this is me song. You you, you got John Mayer singing about the heart of life is good like it's it's everywhere. Our our culture is just talking about man, everybody is is fine. The way that they are. Just be the way that you are. But guys, Jesus is he's a friend of sinners, right? He's not an enabler of sin, and I think, if we're not careful, our culture can become enabling. I love what, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but I love what Chris Pratt said on the MTV, uh, I think it was like Next Generation Awards or something like that. Um, but he said this, he said, nobody's perfect, people are going to tell you you're perfect just the way you are. You're not. You're imperfect. And I just love that. Like, because that, I mean, I think that's what true friends do. You know what I mean? They're not going to look at you, and they're not just going to, like, tell you how great you are all the time. They're not going to tell you everything's perfect. They're going to be honest with you, and they're going to share the truth with you. Man, Jesus is a friend of sinners, not an enabler. Um, So that's point number two. Jesus, he said, I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners, right? And he used that word sinners. And that leads to my my third and, and final point, and it's this, that Jesus calls sinners to repentance, write that down. Jesus calls sinners to repentance. And repentance is one of those, like, kind of churchy words. Maybe you've heard it before. Maybe somebody yelled it at you on the street before. Like, if you've been walking around campus, Bible Bob yells it. I'm from Florida, and so, um, you know, sometimes in the South, people add an extra syllable. It's like, repenta, repenta. Um, So I heard it that way growing up. And so we all kind of have this experiences with the word, uh, with the word repent, Um, And I just want to say, I don't think it's what we think it is. Like, we think of it as this word of condemnation. Repentance is actually a beautiful word of invitation, right? It's not condemnation, it is invitation. And really, Jesus uses it here. It's this little Greek word, metanoia, which literally means to change the way you think. To change the way you think. And then there's another Hebrew word in the Bible for repent that literally is talking about a change in action. So we see under this idea of repentance is like the change in the whole Person, right? And Brian talked about this uh, uh, last week. That it's not about behavior modification, right? It's not about like just this heartless change. Really, what, what's behind the idea of repentance is is leaving behind one thing and turning to something that's a whole lot better, right? It's leaving behind this this one thing and turning to something that's that's a lot better. Um, and I found a picture I wanted to show you guys. I think it. I think it. Yeah, there it is. I think this captures. Repentance, perfectly. Right, that that we're holding on to something. It's, it feels good. It's it's snuggly. You know, it's comfortable. Whatever the thing is, no matter how much we love it, you know. But but Jesus is just saying, just saying, trust me. You know what I mean. And on the other side, there's something even better. Man, this is repentance. And if you don't, you know, if you're a guy in the room and you don't identify with the three-year-old girl, uh, maybe uh, maybe for you. Instead, just like, let's put ourselves in the, in the, the shoes of Levi for, for a minute, right? That, that all of us in this room right now, all of us are, are spiritual outcasts, right? We're all spiritual outcasts. The Bible says, Romans 3.23, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us, right? But then the gospel, the good news of Jesus is that God made a way for us, right? He sends his son, the Lamb of God, in our place, right? His blood poured out, my sins erased. It's a a song that we're going to sing later, that man, the Lamb of God was sent in our place, right? And so then we're, we're sitting there, comfortable at our tax booth, and Jesus comes up and singles us out in the midst of all that, and he just says, follow me. Follow me. Man, and the question for all of us today is what do we do, right? What do we do? Will we follow him? or will we just compare ourselves to other people, right? Will we hide our sin? Will we not share what's what's really going on with God? Will we deny the idea of sin altogether? Say, no, Jesus, actually, I'm I'm good the way I am. I was fine. You didn't even really need to come. Jesus died for nothing. Like, what will we do? Levi left everything behind, and he followed Jesus, right? And, and this doesn't mean... Um, you know, that we're going to be perfect by any standard. Leaving everything behind doesn't mean all of a sudden Christians are just like these perfect people. Look around you, you know that that's, that's not true. Um, look at me, it's, it's totally not true. But man, it's this invitation to look to Jesus every day and just say, Jesus, I need you. I need you. Where, where are we going today? God, I need you. That's the point for us today, guys, that, that, that Jesus did not come to call good people, right? He came to call people good. Who need him like that, right? This this is the stuff that changes everything. This is the stuff that that will turn your life completely upside down. And and so here's here's how I want to close today. Uh, in the second, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna pray, and, and the band's gonna come back up, and they're gonna lead us through uh, some more songs. We're gonna sing three of them, and I just think. I feel like for some of us in this room, maybe at some point you're just listening to this, you're hearing about Jesus being a friend of sinners, you're hearing about, about sin. Man, for some of us, I just, I wonder if Jesus is just whispering to your heart right now. If he's just saying, follow me, right? If you feel like like Levi, you're sitting there at the tax booth and you're comfy and, and, and it's great there, but man, you just, you, you feel Jesus saying, follow me. Man, if that's you, I just want to invite you, man, or challenge you even, at some point today, just find someone you know. Find someone you trust and say, hey, I think Jesus is, is calling me to follow him. Just find someone and, and tell him that. I, I, I guarantee you this will be so worth it, right? Levi left everything behind, and where did he go, right? He went to a feast, right? There was laughter. There was joy man, this is what it looks like to follow Jesus. This is, is what I want to challenge you guys to do today, just to share that with somebody. And then if you're here in this room and you're someone who would already consider yourself a follower of Jesus, uh, man, the command for us is just to remember. Jesus just says, remember me. And, and the way that we do that uh, each week is, is through communion. Uh, actually, we do it every other week um, through communion. And, and uh, so here's what we can do at any point as we're singing kind of the closing three songs. If you're in here and you've already considered yourself a Christian, I just want to invite you to make your way to the back. We've got a couple stations set up there. We've got a station up there. Just take the bread, dip it in the juice, and remember the Lamb of God who was slain died in your place. And then today, for us, Jesus is inviting us as well just to bring our stuff to him and follow him. So, so that's the invitation today. Um, so I'm going to pray. Uh, I'm going to invite the band to come back up, and we'll worship him.